Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Welcome on. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. First off, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you and for you to share your story and get to learn more about you. Oh, I, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. It, it, it means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So who was in the military? Was it your dad or your mom or both of them? It, w- it was primarily my father. Your dad? Yeah. yeah, so your mom was kind of just a military spouse, and then you, of course, are a military child. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? Uh, yes, I have an older brother who is autistic, and he's very, yeah. very sweet. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That must be special, too. It is, you know, and it, I think um, it's going to sound weird. Like, I think all the benefits that we did get from the military helped my brother out a lot, and especially because, you know, um, sometimes military kids aren't used to change but since you know you gotta you have an autistic kid in a military family they're gonna get used to change and they might not like it but they'll get used to it yeah and I think it's hard for I mean just anyone is the change factor of military life it's hard I mean even outside of the military life in a civilian life change is not easy but then you add uh, constantly moving making new friends on top of that it's pretty challenging it is I'd, I'd like to say it's, it's pretty challenging just because I've experienced it firsthand like um I was I was actually told that you got to know civilian life before going into the military and I did that's, that's awesome because I, I I never actually got to experience civilian life even up until now even when my dad's retired just because like my my dad was in the military I think right before I was born mm-hmm. um because originally, you know, they, they had James first, my brother, and they were like, oh, crap, how are we going to support ourselves? Uh, we know the military. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that happened. And just ever since then, I, you know, I've always had the status of a military child and I've always had to make new friends. And I, I never spent like more than a year within certain schools just because I I would have to move out the next year, you know? And so it's, I had to get used to making friends pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I feel very fortunate, like you said, because I got to experience that civilian life uh, more along the lines beforehand, before even bringing military life into the picture. And I had from all the way from kindergarten to the middle of my fourth grade year, I had the same friends. I had, like, the same people in my classes. Like, it made such a difference having just that stability in the friendship life. And then moving is such a challenge. And joining the military life is such a challenge, you know, (laughs) trying to find friends, make friends. But civilian life also comes with the challenge of being kind of, related to the military in some sort of way because uh my dad got in the military when he graduated high school he joined the military and then 
I was born in 2002, and in 2003, he retired from, not retired, but he uh, medically discharged from the military. And then, uh, you know, I really didn't get to experience the military life because I was so young. We lived in the same house. Like, it wasn't this huge moving all the time or I didn't get to experience much. So I grew up technically still as a military child, but technically as a civilian child still. Uh, like, a mix of both, like a weird mix of both. And then you find out you're in technically and going back into the military life you're like I don't even know what to do like what is this going to be like um so being moving from different schools all the time do you know how many schools you've been in oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've told people like how many schools I've been to and I literally have to count them on my fingers yeah like, oh. I'm sure like uh I the, the earliest that I can remember um, I'll, I'll start from elementary school because it's easier for me. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like from first grade to fourth grade, I was in um, Belmont Elementary. And then we moved like fr- from Virginia all the way down to California into a oh desert my called Fort Irwin. <laughs> and, <laughs> Big change there. Yeah. And then I went to Fort Irwin Elementary and then I went to Fort Irwin Middle for only my sixth grade year and then I moved again to San Diego which I spent my seventh grade year in Otay Ranch Academy for the Arts and then my eighth grade year in East Lake Middle and then, and then I went to high <laughs> well, school keeps going yeah it just keeps going <laughs> I spent um, my ninth grade year in um, Olympian High School and then thank god I moved back to Virginia again and I went, I went, I went to Hayfield Middle or Hayfield Secondary School sorry Hayfield Secondary School um, for about three years so oh god I just lost count <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I was like like six to seven schools yeah yeah so it's it's definitely a ride and like you i'd like to say my personality has definitely been molded by unstability just because that's kind of how it's always been you know it's 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 very normal whenever our one of our parents say hey we're moving oh again (laughs) hey let me just pack all the stuff it's normal now yeah, it's, it's it's a normality now, and and, um, and to be honest, it it's kind of like because you would think being a military child, you would have that um, you know that drive and and that determination to constantly move again. But now I kind of feel like I want to be a civilian and just stay in the same place for a little <laughs> bit, you know? Because <laughs> it then, gets like, tiring. It does, and funny enough, um. Well, now I'm going to have to move again to Korea, South Korea. And the funny part is, is that dad said, you know, um, you know, when I'm when I retire, uh, which is going to be this year or last year, he said, I promise you, once I retire, we're not moving again. I promise you that. And then right after he retired, he got a job in Korea and he says, "Okay, we're moving one more time. And I'm like, one "One more more time, time, dad. One more time. I just technically it'll end up to two more times because you got to move to South Korea and then you got to move back. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's another two moves. And then, you know, who knows on top of that, maybe you'll be moving out then. And 
But that's what I'm hoping for, because it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make your own moves then. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be pretty stable in your civilian life then. Yeah, just, I'll, I'll enjoy civilian life when I when I can. <laughs> it sounds like it'll be a vacation, right? <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking it as that, because even though, like, um, another weird part about being a military child is that sometimes, like, people may expect you not to make too many attachments to friends because you're going to be moving away anyways. But for yeah. me, since I'm a people person, I immediately like make best friends. And even within a year, I'll be like, you guys are my best friends and I'm never yes. letting you go. <laughs> so I am, um, what's it called? So even for the, the two friends that I have here, I, I literally made them cards, you know, for me going away. Cause I'm like, Hey, even though I'll be back, I still love you guys. And I want to make sure you, you'll be okay without me, you know? And then, and I think that's kind of, a challenging part about being a military kid is just maintaining relationships once you do move. Cause it, it is really hard, you know, it and is. I don't ever blame my friends who were never really able to make that sort of connection because again, they, they have lived civilian lives and I'll, I, I always totally understand it. Right. And it's so hard, especially in elementary school or very early middle school when most people may not have phones or have any sort of technology where they can communicate on where, you know, you thrived off, you know, play dates and <laughs> visiting each other's houses, seeing each other at school. And then all of a sudden, basically one day you're out of there and you lost connection. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's challenging. It's hard. And did you find any ways to kind of get around that and keep connections or have you lost a lot too? I I have kept some and I have lost some. Um, I guess sometimes it really just depends on the person because I recently reconnected with a friend back in California who was kind of bad at, at keeping connections and it wasn't really his fault just because you know he was busy and whatnot but um but I I, I think it's it's gonna sound weird I think technology nowadays has at least helped you know it has. people like like me and my friends actually keep connections with each other um I'll definitely say back in like middle school I wasn't able to keep some of my connections but I I have been able to with at least two of my friends and even if we don't talk as much nowadays, we do still remember, you know, why, why we're friends and why we're with each other in the first place. And we always check up on each other. And I think technology has definitely played a good part, a good role in, you know, a, a military kid's life. So that way they, they can still have connections. And, and even now I'm making friends online because I'm like, well, y you know, even if I might not be able to physically connect with someone, I can mentally connect with someone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like going back you could even go through your yearbooks and just, like, find your friend's name and then, like, Google it. And who knows? Like, you find their Instagram or something and <laughs> there they are, like, your kindergarten best friend or whatever it may be. And, you know, your technology has such evolved since, I mean, I even remember going to school, like, my first year of, before I moved for the first time, it's like I had all these friends and they were my best friends. And then all of a sudden, a year later, I'm out and I'm in Texas. And yeah. it's like, 
okay, I'm so sorry I left on the drop of a dime, but like we have no connection now because we didn't have that back then. Like even in 2010, 11, we didn't have that. And it's so weird to think that 10 years later, here we are able to find people from 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll say this, a lot of my uh, middle school friends have so many Instagrams, I can't tell you. <laughs> I, I think the, there's, there was at least like one part of technology that I wish existed back then, which was like kindergarten, because I sometimes um, go through like my drawers and I find old drawings of people that apparently I used to know, and I'm like, do I know this person? Did I know right. a girl named Jana? I don't remember a girl named Jana. Who's that? Who's that one? Samantha? I think I knew her. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I am at least glad that technology nowadays has been able to help me, you know, like, like be with my friends and, and do more with people that I know or, or people that I don't know. It's just, it, it, in my opinion, it just really helps someone who's like half an extrovert and half an introvert like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard being like, I'm an extrovert too at heart. And it's hard because you find these friends, you connect with them and then you have to move and then, you know, you lose contact and then you have to go to another school and I mean, it's hard to make friends, especially it's, it's moving in the middle of a school year. Yeah, it's it, it's honestly bogus, like, you know, from what I thought. <laughs> Thankfully, I had the ability somehow. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was a dumb luck, but like, <laughs> I like over the years, I started to kind of make this ability. Oh, yes. That's the even worst part. Sorry, I forgot to mention. <laughs> so, you know how the school year usually starts around end of august start of right. september yeah it's somewhere in the fall kind of right there that yeah. time frame my birthday <laughs> is in september i was actually born right after september 11th i was born oh on september goodness. 12 2001 <laughs> wow what a birthday first yeah. off <laughs> i know <laughs> and, uh, but you know my, my my boyfriend is is born like the month before 9-11 so we both oh joke that we're 9-11 kids 9-11 babies yeah we're 9-11 babies exactly and, um, exactly and, and it's even funnier because um because of my birthday and and you know how I said I never spend a year in school um I never spend more than a year in school yeah which basically means that every August I'm basically in a new school which means right. I have like only a couple weeks to make new friends to come to a birthday party <laughs> with me. So that was always like a stressor on me, but it was also kind of like that is how I met with my friends, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I'm thankful for it. <laughs> just Did you just ever bring invitations and just hand them out to everyone and be like, hi, I'm new here, but here's my birthday <laughs> invitation? No, no, because I was, I was still too shy to do it, but when I, when I basically <laughs> did. <laughs> What I basically did was just kind of, like, see if I could meet people individually. Yeah. And um, funny enough, I got lucky in middle school one time where I just met this girl behind me. And I was like, hi, uh, I'm new here. <laughs> you look cool. I like your glasses. Oh, I like your glasses, too. I have a group I go hang out with. You want to come? Yeah, 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 that'd be great. And all of them got to go on my birthday. And I was like, cool. I'll tell you what, though. Nine times out of ten, most of those most of those people in the birthday party, they never stay. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like, um, how would I call it? It's like 
it's like speed dating at, at a birthday for, for friends, you know, <laughs> where, you, where you see, you know, hey, are you a true friend? No, get out. You a true friend? Get out. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is crazy. Yeah, it was, it was normal for me, you know, and I, I remember my parents, every day I would come back from school and they would say, did you make any new friends today? And I'm like, no, I'll no, make some I'm tomorrow. So yeah, they're like, well, just remember... <laughs> You have your birthday coming up. You go. You gotta make some friends. So we can go. And I'm like, I'm doing anything. I'm doing. I'm making some friends. <laughs> and there was actually, um, it was my first week as a um, sophomore in high school, and uh, and I was really afraid I, I wasn't gonna make any friends by the end of the week because no one had talked to me. Like I tried to talk to people, and they, right. they would just completely blow me off. And I was like. Well, okay. then. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully I, I did make a couple of them. And funny enough, one of them was a freshman who actually looked like a senior. She was Oh, like, wow. Yeah, and she, and she looked like she was like punk rock, even though deep down on the inside she was just a nerd. I just thought she was a senior <laughs> who'd punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I think I like to think that I make a lot of interesting friends along the way and, and you meet yeah. a lot of weird people. Like I've actually never had friends who are military except for okay actually yeah no a lot of my friends have always been civilians so anytime they ask me like you know or anytime they say i've stayed here my whole life and i'm like you have you have <laughs> what's, what's that like what's that yeah <laughs> and it's oh interesting. my gosh yeah their lives are there i'd like to say their lives are pretty interesting because it's just you know because don't get me wrong, I've seen a lot of cool things. You know, like I've visited oh, yeah. Korea, I've visited Hawaii, I've, I've only been to, you know, Colorado, Missouri, and Virginia and California all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but even though I've gotten to see cool things, I still sometimes feel like I'm missing, like, even cooler parts of, like, Virginia or California. Cause, um, right. Yeah, because my, my boyfriend recently took me to a park that was in Springfield, and it was, like, the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I was like... Is this what being a civilian is like? Like, yeah. can I get to experience this stuff more? Right. Because <laughs> you're, as a civilian, you don't move. And you get so, you find the area around you and you find those hidden details of that area because you're there all the time. And then, you know, as the military life, you're always moving. And while it's cool to experience all these places and, you know, the whole world is on my bucket list, but it's hard to be able to go live somewhere for, you know, a year or two years. And then you miss a lot of those little details around it. And then you have to move and you have to try and figure out, you know, you even have to figure out where Target is. Exactly. <laughs> like, that is top priority. You have to find out where Target is, where the grocery stores are. Like, and I mean... We have the PX and the commissary on base where the PX is like our target and the commissary is like our grocery store. But you still have to find just like the common things that each area has. Yeah. And you have to get to know it and then you're out and you're in a new a new area. Yeah. It's, I mean, thankfully it was like easier to navigate new areas, but it was also just kind of like, I, I don't know. It was always interesting to to see it, but I... I there was always this one thing that I constantly did every time we moved, and I, I I've never thought of it as a phase. It was always that I just didn't like moving. Like yeah. I, I like I like after a while I'd like to start the area, or I, after a while I'd like to you know start 
liking the area. But, <laughs> but the first day, I would just be like, this sucks. I want to go back to my old house. Jeez. You want to go back to your old house in California? Yes. And then we go to California. Yeah, this place stinks. I want to go back to Virginia. <laughs> and I'm like, did that just last one day for you? Or did it wear off? I didn't know. It next. Oh, God, it it was kind of sucky. It lasted for, like, a couple of months. Oh, yeah. So, for me, it lasted, like, three years every time we moved because uh, I've only moved twice. So, I haven't really moved much. I didn't experience as much of the military life as I wish I could have, but I experienced the injury side. So, it's a whole different side with a whole different experiences which I'm very thankful for still but I only had the two moves that when I got to Texas you know it's that first probably six months where it's like oh this is awesome we're in a new space (laughs) like it there's it's December and there's no snow on the ground like what is going on (laughs) but then after so long you start to miss your old life you start to miss what you had and in Texas, it was probably only about a year, year and a half, maybe, where I was like, I'm going back to Ohio. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, after we're done here, we're packing our stuff and we're going back to Ohio. <laughs> like, I don't know what else you'd like me to say, but we're going back to Ohio. Yeah. And then when we moved here, it was also our transition out of the military life. So I basically had a transition into the military life going to Texas and then out of the military life coming to Florida. So it was pretty weird, but at the same point, it was like, okay, this leaving the military life is a whole different situation and going back to civilian. And I hated Florida for three, three years, like three years. I was like, I'm done. I'm going back to Texas, which (laughs) last place I lived, right? (laughs) Nothing about Ohio going back to Texas. And yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard three years. <laughs> but you miss the place you li- you last lived. It becomes home, and then you have to move to a new home and make try to make it home. Yeah, it's it's a little difficult to do, just because you know you you always have different memories, and yeah. um, especially think for me, it's it's even weirder when you get pets involved. You know, in military <laughs> life. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And, yeah. And yeah. what made that hard for you? What made it hard for me was just kind of, how would I call it? I just, it's, it's really hard to describe, but I think it's just the fact that you feel like you're leaving their home. Like my, um, my first dog, Luke, he was, he was a very old border collie and he was, he was super nice, you know? Yeah. Um, and originally, um, I think we got him, I remember like, we've had him ever since I was born and, um, and, and he lived with us for a good couple of years. You know, of course he eventually got like cancer in the stomach. And, Mm -hmm. um, originally, you know, when we were in Fort Irwin, they told us that he wasn't going to live for like 12 months. Well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) That's always lucky, right? Exactly. It's always lucky. It's always lucky. I mean, I, I swear, I keep getting so many wrong doctors' diagnoses. They told me I would never go to five one. I grew to five two. Terrible joke. <laughs> you always just keep pushing the border a little bit. 
<laughs> but um, but then when we went to San Diego, he was just still doing fine until you know one day he just got so sick to where to the point where he stopped walking. So we gave him a good day out, and then you know eventually we did have to put him down. And when we did, it was it was kind of the first animal death I had ever experienced, and I'm pretty sure I was 14 or 15 around this time, and. I mean, I was I was sad, but I was also just kind of like, you know, well, what what are we gonna do now? You know, yeah, do we buy another dog, or are we gonna stay here? And 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 what's it called? And even actually, at funny enough, um, we got another dog. He was a Shih Tzu named Obi, and uh, we actually funny enough, it was it was while Luke was actually alive where we found him. We were walking to the mall and. This big mop just comes up to us, and we're like, "Wait, is that a dog?" And he just sits what is down. That? Apparently, he, he, he had been so neglected to the point where all of his fur just consumed him into a big ball. And we were like, "All right, we're taking him to the vet. We just yeah. gotta do that." So right after Luke died, we we adopted Obi, and um, and that and that was right after um, we actually had to leave for Virginia. So when we did, I. I, I've, I've always been told that, you know, Luke's spirit will always roam around you. A pet's yeah. spirit will always be near you. But I always keep feeling like it's in the same place, you know, and that's kind of something I always wish that we did get is that we at least had one home. So that way all of our an- animals could be could be in the same place. You know, like I'm not a spiritual person, but I do believe in animal spirits, which funny enough, it does more apply to this house just because, you know, um, eventually Obi did die. And so did my first cat, Deco, and um, she was she was my absolute best friend. And uh, she got put down during quarantine, which really made my year suck so much yeah. harder. But that that's why I mean when kind of saying it's it's a little for one it is very difficult because again animals aren't used to change they don't like change they're gonna be screaming in the car half the time and you have to deal <laughs> with that <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah, but it's but like I said, it's always like I feel like an animal's spirit always belongs in, in a house, you know. And even when I go to South Korea, I'm gonna feel like Diko and Obi's spirit will be right here. That's, yeah, that's where they were. That was their home. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I I don't know how many people have like you know animals while they're in the military, but they're very. I'd like to say they're they're very important to the experience, you know, and they get to experience just as much weirdness and in chaos as as you do. <laughs> Yeah, especially because we have a dog and um, packing is so weird and they're like running around like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Why is that stuff going in that box? Like, (laughs) no, no, no. Like, what are we doing? And they start, they feel your, um, your, your anxiety and they're like, okay, I'm getting anxious now too. Like just, just being around you and your anxiety, like. (laughs) When you're happy, a dog's happy when, or any animal, when you're happy, they're happy. And when you're not, they're not either. Yeah. And I, I, I like that about animals is that they can constantly feel like what you're going through. Like Bukita, um, he's, he's one of our other cats. He's, as soon as every, everything started getting moved, he's like, yo, 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 what's going on here? Stop it. Stop. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> you know, and, and the same thing even happens with my mom where anytime she's stressed out, or freaked out, Bukita starts freaking out because you yeah. can feel it. And, and, I, and I like that about animals. And I also just appreciate um, 
how, how much good they actually just bring into the house, you know, like they, they can be a little stressful sometimes on you, but they can also still be still be just as good, you know, yes. and, and they're definitely great at being by your side whenever anything bad is, is happening. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard moving and especially with pets passing. But do you feel that uh, pets make it easier to move? I, I, I think you can say no. <laughs> I know, yeah, because I, I will say they're they're another big stressor that you do have to think about. Like, like, like I said during this move to Korea, my mom was talking to us about it last night. She was just like, "Okay, guys, one of you has to carry the dog, one of you has to carry the cat, and one of you has to carry a, a bunch of like pet snacks and everything because we need this." And I'm just like. Are, are we going to have to do this? And she's like, yeah, we're going to go on a plane and they're going to start screaming, but we got to take care of them. So it's like, I think emotionally, you know, pets are, are very, you know, how to call it? They're, they're very relatable to you, yeah. you know, because they could feel what you're going through and they could at least be, you know, like, like a theoretical shoulder to cry on. But at the same time, it's also like they are a little bit of a stressor only because Again, they, they are just like you, and they're also stressing out about it, and you also yeah. got to take care of them just as much. <laughs> so I do say yes and no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both. No, but, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that um, make moving easier, but also make moving harder, and it's crazy to think about how it all of you know, turns into this one picture that's a beautiful, messy picture in <laughs> the end of it. Um, so you've only really lived in Virginia and California, right? Yeah, um, excluding, like, Colorado and Missouri. Or Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> but those are two, like, opposite coasts. Right. You have the East yeah. Coast and you have the West Coast. Uh, what's the difference between the culture there? A lot, a lot. I'll, I'll totally say that right now. There's so much weirdness there. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's going to sound weird. One, the, the one thing I noticed when I was transferring to both schools is that, like, they had a prominent minority figure. And it was kind of like, what's it called? Like, for California... Most of it was, like, you know, a lot of Spanish people, a lot of Mexican people. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they were the majority in the schools while whites right. and blacks were, like, the minorities. And then when it came to here, actually, it was a lot of um, Arabian and Muslim people that I saw that were, like, the majority. And I was, like, I, I was actually walking the halls, and I was, like, wow, there, there are a lot of Muslim people here. This is pretty, this is pretty neat, you know? And yeah. So, yeah, and the same thing um, happened in Cali where I was, like, oh, you know, a lot of Mexican friends are here. I was, funny enough, I, I, I have a great example, actually. My, uh, you remember I told you about the group I had in middle school? Yeah. I was the only white person in that entire really? group. Yeah, a yeah. lot of, a lot of them were Filipino, Mexican, you know. Uh, well, no, they, yeah, that was the majority of them. <laughs> and it was really interesting to learn about their cultures, you know, like that was the, that was at least the one thing I always appreciated about you know, being in different places in different states is that I got to learn, especially the extremes of, you know, yes. the East Coast and the West Coast. Oh, especially in the time difference. My lordy, the time difference. <laughs> it, <laughs> time difference is hard. Yeah, yeah. You always have to get used to 
time differences like really, 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 really fast. And I, and I feel like I, I have over the years. And um, Jet lag like, doesn't affect you now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't affect me. Oh, it's 3 a.m. where you're at? Well, too bad. 6 a.m. where I'm at. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but another one is kind of um, how people act, actually. Like a lot of the people I realized... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of going off of my experiences within school. Yeah. Is that a lot of teenagers, you know, in Virginia are, are very quiet and they're very, you know, kind of, kind of just shy, you know, off the wall. And they're just like, yeah, you know, hi, go away. Yeah. Yeah. But then California, everyone's just screaming, yelling, what's <laughs> up you guys, you know, they're yeah, very right. vocal. Yeah. And they're, they're very, um, outgoing as well as, um, how do I call it? The weather is also always different. Yes, like, for sure. Yeah, I the what <laughs> I like to call it a running joke in California is that every time you see great clouds in Virginia, it just means it's gonna rain. That's fine. It's normal. But great <laughs> clouds in California, you're like, oh my god, is it gonna rain today? Oh my god, please let it rain. <laughs> oh my god, please. Uh, and, and then the day ends and it never rains, and you're like. Darn it. It didn't rain today. Like, it exactly. should have. Exactly. You're just like, it's the hottest day of the year. Yeah, it's, it's also the hottest day of the year. Every day. Every day. In California. <laughs> That's the weird part is that it's like, the only time you'll ever get cold is actually just because of the wind. The wind will always make you cold. <laughs> Never the heat. Yeah. And even when the sun is out, you're still going to get cold. Because every right? time I walked to the bus stop and it was, you know, blazing the wind and the sun was still out. I just couldn't get to the bus because it was so cold. I was wearing five layers and I was still cold. <laughs> same, same thing in, in the winter here. I could wear multiple layers. I'd still be cold. <laughs> yeah. And um, thankfully, we do have winters in Virginia. So that's I'll totally say that's a bonus. And that I think I think another good part of it is that it's kind of like in California, you honestly can't tell, like besides the temperature or the wind, what season it is like. Right. It's sunny all day, all the air day. You can probably tell by the time difference, but, <laughs> you know, but it's, oh yeah. Um, another part of it is the schools. Obviously, I'd like to say like, um, depending on where you're from, indoor schools are the normal. Like that's kind yes. of what we usually think when we yeah. think of schools. But California schools, you know, because you have the blazing hot sun, so why not subject <laughs> the kids to it? <laughs> right. Is, yeah, they have outdoor classes where basically um, the hallways are outside. Yes. And your classes are in, like, you know, barracks and individual buildings. So, like I said, you know, <laughs> so I could kind of see why, you know, kids in California don't wear coats, you know, and they, they constantly have to wear tank top and shorts because, again, sun is out and you don't want to burn while you're going to your next class. <laughs> <laughs> that was such an adjustment because in Ohio, we had normal, like, indoor schools and then going to texas we basically had one main hallway that had little we called them wings and each wing had it was like a grade per wing so you had the fourth grade wing you had the fifth grade wing but those hallways were outside so you had the main hallway inside and then each wing was outside and then you had your classrooms of course but when my first day I went there, I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> what did I just walk into? This is not a school. This is 
um, outdoors. Like, what is this? Where am I going? Am I going to get out of school? (laughs) Where's the classroom? (laughs) And yeah, it was so weird. But it was also cool because the wings that were separated, there was a huge gap in between each wing. And that was our um, recess area. So like that space that we had in between is where we, you know, play outside and, you know, some days we'd eat outside and, you know, do class outside. But it was definitely a weird transition between an indoor school and an outdoor school. Oh, definitely. It's it's the oddest transition in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember um, when I got like, or when I came from California to Virginia and I had to be in an indoor school. I, I felt like claustrophobic and, and obviously because the hallways are always crowded because in, I think that's why California probably has outdoor hallways is that way everyone can spread out and, you know, is that way not everyone is, you know, shoved in with each other. Right. Um, they can <laughs> like, get pretty packed. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'd like, I'd also like to say the, maybe it's just the schools I went to, but the level of education is also very, very different. Like... For Hayfield, I'm going to say this right now, it was almost like, it was pretty simple for me, you know, in a way. Of course, like, you know, some of the subjects are hard, but they weren't complicated with you about, you know, like when you were a freshman, they didn't just say, hey, pick your college now. You got to do this right now. Unlike California, where they did do that with me, where, you know, they put you in a freshman class and then they say, Listen, we got to talk about your college. We know that you're like four <laughs> years away from that. You got to start now. And yeah. I, was, I was like, why, why are you guys treating this like a private school? Oh, wait, I'm in a really prestigious school. Oh, I forgot where I am. <laughs> you know, but they, they treat education a little differently where it's like um, the high school I went to was like, you know, we're going to get you guys prepared. We're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to grind your gears this year. And it was yeah. the hardest year of my life there. And then as soon as I get to Hayfield, it's like. I'm take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you guys another time. And I'm like, what? Where am I? <laughs> I was like, huh? Okay. You know, this is fine. And I think actually another one was. Um, I hope you don't mind me talking about this it, because no, it was something important. Go for it. It was um, sex education because, funny enough, I didn't learn sex education until tenth grade, I believe. And usually some kids are, like, encouraged to learn it beforehand. But I, I but I never understood, like, um, you know, because, you know, like, kids always get hyped up to learn about it and yeah. usually learn in high school. <laughs> but apparently when I was talking to my boyfriend one day about it, he said, I learned sex ed when I was, like, in, in fourth grade. And I was like, yeah, are you kidding? I never learned it up until, like, literally 10th. And he's like, really? You never learned about it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I never did it up until then. And he's like. Oh, I, th- I think I know why. It's because it's like, you know, in, in California, they kind of do give like parents and kids the options whether to learn it or maybe they don't like, you know, t- teach you because of certain reasons. But with, you know, Virginia, they're like, hey, we're going to teach you how to drive. We're going to teach you, you yeah. know, like I said, you know, we're going to actually teach you stuff that how will help you. How to be an adult. Yeah. yeah. How to be an adult. <laughs> it's so weird. The different things they teach you. Like, in between schools and the state requirements are so different. They're radically different. So yeah. weird. It's crazy. <laughs> Apparently, you could actually, like, graduate early in Virginia, but I, I, I didn't know if you could ever do it in California, which is just... 
It's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you're moving to South South Korea. Yep. And um, how do you feel about that? Are you... This (laughs) isn't like a military move, is it? More of along the lines of more of a civilian move since your dad's retired now? I would think of it as a civilian move just because... Obviously, my my dad's retired, and um, oddly enough, every time a man retires, everyone wants him for a job position. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm both excited for it, and also like, obviously, originally I was a little just I was both sad and mad because again, I just wanted to stay in Virginia for a little bit and enjoy my time before moving again. But I have actually visited South Korea beforehand. Um, when my father was deployed, like when me and my parents were in San Diego and then my dad got deployed to South Korea, um, when we got to visit him there, it was super nice. Like yeah. everyone was, was always so nice, you know, and, and we got to go to a lot of cool places, got to do a lot of cool things. We stayed in, you know, like the Dragon Hotel, which was like awesome. <laughs> and even his own, like, you know, um, even his own room in the barracks was super amazing. And it was just you know, and, and I do love the place, you know, <laughs> so I am, I, uh, I'm taking this from my psychiatrist's words. I, I will think of it as an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Um, what are you, so you've graduated now, right? Yep. You're graduated high school, no more moving schools necessarily. What are you planning on doing since after high school? Uh, well, currently, actually, I'm in um, Nova Community College. Okay, and, yeah. And um, really, my educa- my education plan <laughs> right now <laughs> is to get my core classes out of the way, you know, because I know in college you have to do that, and I'd rather spend it somewhere cheap rather than somewhere expensive. And I don't then, blame you. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I'm going to go to, um, you know, one of three art universities because, you know, you got to have a plan A, plan B, plan C. Yes. And my, my top choice is Cal Arts Academy for okay. the Arts. Because I will say, if I had to pick a place to, like, retire or live in, California would be one of them. Because yeah. I love the winter, uh, and I do like Virginia. But I do love the beach a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I'm, and I'm planning on becoming a storyboard artist. Nice. That's really cool. And, I mean, you have so many experiences from... I mean, living in this United States, and then you'll have so many experiences of living in South Korea and outside of the the states that you've been used to your whole life, basically. And it sounds really exciting. It's, it's exciting when you make it exciting. <laughs> <laughs> after you get, you know, packed, moved, unpacked, after that stress is over, then you'll have some time to explore South Korea and all that so that sounds really exciting really awesome um one last question Go ahead. if you had any advice to give to a military child what would you tell them or a civilian because you had a lot of civilian friends who is if you got a piece of advice from one of your civilian friends what what would you want to hear I think it, it it would just be that, you know, do take your moves as an adventure because it, it is definitely hard 
being a, a military kid, you know, with either one of your parents being gone all the time or when, you know, you struggle having or making connections with anyone. But my only advice to someone like that, you know, would be that you, that you, that you do have to think of it as an adventure and that you do... That even if you feel like you have no control in the situation, that you should still try your best to make the best out of it, you know, because I... I do sometimes feel that my experiences have also made me a little bit pessimistic. So it's almost like you kind of just see the worst in things, you know, like, oh, I'm moving again. Oh, I'm going to have to, you know, move out my, my bed and my boxes and my bow, you know, but instead, I should, <laughs> but instead, you know, someone should think like, well, maybe I should look up, you know, if there are any cool landmarks I can go to, or maybe there are any cool places that I can visit, you know, and I, I think that is the most important message I could really give to anybody because I, think that's at least one of the best things about being a military kid is that you do get to explore a lot of places and you get to meet a lot of, a lot of cool people because trust me if I was never a military kid I would have never met my best friends and I don't think I would have met the love of my life if that yeah, didn't happen for yeah. sure I think that's great so many struggles but so many exciting things that come with the military life and moving and experiencing so many different things that it should be more of an adventure than it is a hassle because if you're constantly just saying, oh, this is terrible or, you know, being negative about the situation, then you're going to miss out on everything super cool and exciting that's happening. So I think that's a great piece of advice and a great something great to consider. I mean, any move, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Well. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for your time and enjoy South Korea. <laughs> and we'll have to get you back on to share some of your experiences in South Korea as well. <laughs> thank you. I will, I will always be happy to share it with you. And thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. I had an absolute blast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so did I. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Grace of a Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Instagram, and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then.